gonna get into some stuff in a second, but I did want to pose a quick question if anybody cares to give us some feedback on this. And I'm also curious to see what you think. Mm-hmm. Um, because whenever I was listening back to our last, or at least thinking about it, our last um, Dating is Dead segment, um, I was kind of concerned that the the segment might just be either becoming or already is just like making fun of women. Uh-huh. Um so I was I was wondering if maybe a potential solution would be if I opened up my profile to like you know be like sort of all include like all the genders, you know. Yeah. Sort of thing. I think that's a great idea. Think so? Okay. Yeah. Um because yeah, because like the the way I was using it was that like well, of course, like some of the older stuff that I had saved was just stuff that I found, you know, just trying to use the app. Right. But then, like, if I'm going in and like trying to look for weird stuff, it's like, well, then I'm just kind of looking for women to make fun of or something. Like, you know, like it just kind of feels bad. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know if it comes across that way, but I do think it's a good idea to open it up more. Okay. Yeah. Um, because yeah, like obviously my, my profile from whenever I was like using it to try to use it, it would be configured just, you know, for women because that's what I would be looking for. Um, so yeah. And you're, and you're not, not even using it for that purpose at this point. No, no, not, not really. Um, so yeah, the funny thing is, is that, um, I, I guess they've like sort of fixed their, maybe it was like bugs or whatever, but like on OkCupid, um, a lot of the time it would just kind of show dudes. Um, and like this, like this is like, um, not even me making assumptions. Like if you'd look at their profile, it would just be like, oh yeah, male. And then it would even say like, the profile will say like, oh, what are you looking for? And it'll be like, oh, they're looking for women. So you're showing two dudes that are looking for women, each other, like, <laughs> Yeah, that's, what is, that's a bit wonky on the part of the algorithm, I guess. Yeah, it would happen so frequently. And this was this was like, a, you know, a couple of years ago. Um, so I guess it was uh, glitched or I don't know, trying to tell me something. I don't know. But yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, but that like as I've been using it lately, that hasn't uh, come up. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so that's just something I was kind of thinking about for the future. Yeah, uh, open that shit up. It, yeah. To sort of make it seem like I'm not just picking on women, and I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm not qualified to critique any sort of dating profile. But if there was a dating profile that I'm qualified to critique, it would be probably of the male variety. You know, right. so uh, that makes yeah. sense too from the, from that aspect. Yeah, because it's like that. That's why I opened it up by like also sharing mine to sort of make it seem like you know. Who the fuck am I? Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And because it's like at the end of the day, like it is just people putting themselves out there. As strange as a lot of the stuff is, it's, you know, it's people trying. Totally. Um, so that's just something I've been kind of thinking of. Um, and if, if people have some feedback on that, I would uh, really love to hear it and appreciate it. If you think so, we are problematic, please let us know. Yes. yes <laughs> that's that's really the main uh, thing. Um, speaking of problem, <laughs> problematic content, 
Uh, do we want to get into this week's horror harvest? Uh, oh, I'm just I've been I've been anticipating it all week long to hear okay. your thoughts on this movie. Yeah. Uh, so if if you'd like to set this up, please. Uh, yeah. So our second uh, film that we're featuring here in our horror horror. Oh, geez. I didn't know how difficult it would be to pronounce that. Um, horror harvest. <laughs> Christ. <laughs> um, don't ask me to set this up anymore. Um, so yeah, we, we are talking about Climax, the 2019 film from Gaspar No. Um, this is a horror film about a dance troupe who are rehearsing in this warehouse and have a party afterwards. And there's some sangria that, uh, there's something wrong with sangria and, uh, things take a turn from there. So um, I'm, I'm yeah. very curious because I've seen this movie before. Uh, you haven't. So I'm very curious what your thoughts are. Uh, thank Christ it's only an hour and a half. Okay. Okay. <laughs> like in a good um, way? Like this is such a nightmare that I, it's so effective and, and, and I want it to end. I don't, I don't know if it's, mm, hmm. In order for it to be effective, I would have to know what it's trying to do. Okay. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Um, because, like, as I was watching it and sort of at the end, like, the main thought that I kind of kept thinking of was, like, is this just, a just like, a really roundabout drug P- anti-drug PSA? No. <laughs> Not even close. Not even close. No, I don't think it is. I don't think no? it is. No. Because there's plenty, there's plenty of drugs going around that are fine. It's just somebody spiked this sangria with something terrible. I think LSD or something, right? Yeah. Is okay. Then, then, then is it a? Maybe this is just where my headspace has been in the past couple of weeks. But is it a a a, a pro life? Um, production you know um can you elaborate on on that like how you how you got there it's it's sort of depicting um these very uh i don't know like promiscuous behaviors you know these are these these are arty people and uh you know they're getting involved with drugs and like all they all they want to do is party um and you know, like it's like, oh, they're, they're they even involved a kid in the mix, and it's like these are these are you know, um, and then there's the the whole like forced abortion mm-hmm. scene, uh, which is a sentence, mm-hmm. and like it makes your stomach turn, but only because of. Um, like not even necessarily the violence of it, but just like what it signifies, right? Where like the, the, like this this um, drugged out cheering dance troupe is like somehow forcing a woman to have an abortion. Yeah, um, and so that leads you to think that this is some sort of like anti-abortion film. In in a in a very like 
weirdly roundabout way, maybe? Like, I don't know. Yeah, no, I just, I wasn't getting that at all. Um, because it's, yeah, I just don't think in anywhere in its messaging, it's trying to come across that way. Um, like for me, what these characters are saying and doing, it's like, on the one hand, it's like, there's like a lot of, um, like gross conversations happening. Right. But it's like, it's like banter that you would sort of see at like a gathering like that. But like within the context of like the movie, it's, it all like just gives you this sort of like icky feeling. And like, that's even before things really turn. Mm hmm. Um, I don't, I just didn't see any sort of political message in this movie at all. None. Like, I don't think it's mine is, 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 is on that. I really don't. I think it's, it's the, even, even what, even the, even the extended conversations about the guys are like, I hate that fucking flag. I hate that flag. Why is that there? And then the one guy draws a swastika on the other guy's forehead. Okay, well, yeah, there's that. But I just, I mean, like, f- about the abortion stuff. Okay. Um, I don't think Well, you said, like, there was no political. Right. Yes. No, there's definitely, like, it's very um, pro-France and, and sort of yeah. like, uh, you know, it's pointing out certain cultural things. But yeah, like the abortion thing, that's just like, it's taking the worst thing that could possibly happen to this person in the moment. And all the things that the people around her are doing, it's it's just a result of like them acting under the influence of the drug. And it's like the worst thing they could possibly be doing to her. So it's like all in the service of like, the nightmare that's happening and it's not like some sort of political statement. At least I didn't, I didn't view it that way. Yeah. You know, maybe it's just where my head is at. That's, that's reasonable. I mean, that's because um, of everything that's going on right now. Yeah. Cause like, there's also a, an incest subplot. There is. Yeah. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. um, and, and the, the other focus like on, on the kid that's there. I don't know if mindful is the right word, but like it kept bringing up like what kind, like, you know, like what kind of environment this is. And that was even before it went poorly. Mm-hmm. Well, like the idea of like, why is the single mother having her child like around in this yes. sort of, in this sort of um, situation, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but even there, it's like those complaints are just um, pretty unreasonable in the first half of the movie. Because, like, the kid is fine and nothing would have happened. He went to bed and people are just having a good time, right? So it's like, mm-hmm. even that, it's like, even that argument doesn't hold up until after the drug happens. And then, again, it's just like, the what is the worst thing that can happen to this woman 
Yeah. At this um, at this time, and let's like have that happen to her, right? Yeah. Okay, this is also a weird thing, but um, whenever the lights go out, and we as the audience are supposed to know that that means the kid is dead. Yeah. But why why do like some other people automatically know that? Um, I mean, yeah, I kind of thought that too, but I can only assume because this woman has been like hysterically going around yelling about her child and what is happening. But it's it was like it was like a moment of like they suddenly have the clarity to like. Well, no, I think these characters know what's happening like around them. They just they together. just they just don't give a shit because they're so far gone. You really think that they know what is going on around them? Yeah, because they're like actively laughing at like these horrific situations. And, like, somebody, like, writhing on the ground and they're just kind of, like, standing there and they're acknowledging it, but they're laughing about it because they don't care because they're out of their minds. I mean, there's the woman that just stands there and pisses for, like, a good three minutes. Yeah, sure, there is that, too. Um, I found the framing of it uh, really strange and I didn't know, like, what sort of purpose it had. And this is sort of why I kind of got like got the feeling of it being like this anti-drug you know <laughs> sort of thing because the beginning of the movie opens up with a uh, showcasing a taping of interview sessions with all of the all of the dancers mm-hmm. um and one this is like a, a way to introduce the cast but it's also like it's the first like 20 minutes of the movie um and they're all asked about, like, their experiences with drugs, you know? Yeah. And some of them are like, yeah, you know, I've, I've, I've experimented or whatever. Um, and some of them are like, I know, I don't get involved with that kind of thing. You know, like, stuff like that. And so it, it, it felt very much, well, one, it was setting up what's going to happen. But then, I don't know, something about it just made it seem like it's, it's setting up, like, this, this morality of it. Um, you see, I never thought so. I think it ends right there with setting up what's to follow. I just don't think it's trying to pass judgment on like drug use. Cause there's like, I was saying there's plenty of drug use in the movie outside of the one thing that sets everybody off. Right. Um, like I think it's a fairly, I think the filmmaker is fairly progressive in a lot of ways and I, I don't think it's trying to pass on a message like that I just I didn't get that from it but it's interesting um, like for me I just I don't think um, I think what makes this movie effective and, and what makes the filmmaker either effective or not, depending on which of his movies you're watching, is that he has a very particular style and aesthetic, and his whole thing is, like, he's going to provoke the viewer um, in as many ways as he can. And, like, for this movie, I just felt like everything came together, and it was such a, like, vivid, nightmare situation that was like choreo it's like a choreographed nightmare like it's just chaos but it's all 
purposeful and it's all executed in like a very precise way. And it just, it's like, it was amazing to watch for me. But like, as far as like finding a political message or some like larger takeaway, I think the takeaway is to provoke you and to give you this 90 minute experience that's just going to like make you very uncomfortable, you know? Um, and I think mm-hmm. looking at it that way, I was really, really impressed with it. Uh, yeah, I, d- I definitely agree. Cause there are like so many, sh- like, uh, I don't know how long it was, but like the beginning, the beginning of the party was like one take. Um, and there are, there are sequences where it is just like one long extended shots where you're, um, most of the movie is just following one character for a while mm-hmm. and then sort of handing it off to another. And usually that transition is like without a cut. Yeah. You know, um, which is really well done. Um, and the thing that you notice, like, cause there are sort of like two calling them dance numbers is like, <laughs> feels strange in, in this movie. Um, but they are but there's like i know i know but um because there's like the main one that opens up yeah some, like, it, the, like it's, the party you it's know? their actual rehearsal and right right it's their, rehe- their rehearsal for whatever you know performance they're gonna do uh and then this party happens and then later on um they so they sort of do this I don't know how you describe it. I don't have the right kind of dance terminology where they're just sort of like, I don't know, maybe experimenting or whatever, like in a big circle of, and then like they just sort of dance one by one and they're sort of like egging each other on to, you know. Yeah. And the camera is directly above looking down. Yes. Yes. It's like a bird's eye view of this circle and them. Um, and so and in do in in showcasing both of these and they're they're pretty long um segments uh you sort of get a feel for each of the dancers like personal style mm-hmm. um and then whenever you see them absolutely lose their shit you see the way that they lose their shit in their own dance style definitely it's it extended yeah. Um, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, that was great. And like also um, towards the end when a character is just walking through like that main dance area, you'll have in the background um, like some of the characters just off on their own, completely out of their minds, but just still like doing these very, um, very strange like dance moves, but like strange in that they work in the context of like the rehearsal and stuff. But when you see somebody just doing them on their own, in the background, it's very creepy. Yeah. So it's like they use dance as like a horror element too, in, in certain places, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Cause there's a, there was at least two, two dancers that are like contortionists basically. Yeah. Um, and they could like dislocate their limbs and shit. 
Yeah, it's very, very grotesque, which is, I think, what makes it work in, in like, a horror context. Yeah. Um, because, like you said, you, like, you see it at both aspects. You see it in the rehearsal where it, it makes sense for what they're doing because it, it was this highly choreographed, you know... It was, like, this choreographed chaos of it. Yeah. Um, and then when you just see them tripping shit like off in the corner and a dude is like bending his arms back over his head and it sort of looks like his head is going to pop off because it's twisted so far back um yeah it sets up that like dichotomy of like what they're doing to their bodies um yeah so so where where, where do you land on this one did you like what's your takeaway like did you like it because I can't tell. I can't tell from this discussion. I think I did. Okay. Um, like, it was easy to tell the influence. Like, I, I had a feeling I was like, oh, a, a dance troupe going insane. This is going to be like Suspiria. Mm-hmm. And that was what I thought before going in. Suspiria and is then, even one of the, um, it's one of the tapes, uh, I don't know if you saw the, uh, yes. the videotapes on the side of the TV in the beginning. Yeah. At the beginning, there's a, there's a VHS of Suspiria. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. All right. You know what you're doing. Um, well, of course he does, but I meant like, you're just going to outright say it, which is, I thought was really cool. Yeah. Um, but then like also the use of color was like, oh, okay. Yeah. This is, this is Suspiria. Mm-hmm. Like the, 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 the unnatural, um, like sort of obvious primary color lights that are just sort of casted, uh, onto the, onto the scenery. Mm-hmm. Um, so like all of a sudden a hallway will just be like filtered with green light. Um, and then whenever the power goes out, then the space is just completely drenched in red light um and so that was like similar to the coloring that you'd see in uh the original suspiria uh, yes. more so than the um the remake uh no the remake was like very purposely um like didn't have much of that at all right right yeah um so yeah i, I mean that he's uh He's taking more cues from the original uh, than the remake, obviously. Definitely, the definitely. Remake came out like what, couple, just a couple years before this, so. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Actually, it might uh, have been the same year because I remember, I remember like thinking that uh, this was like an interesting season with two two horror movies about dancers uh, coming out. So I yeah. think I think they came out around the same time. But yeah, no, definitely, definitely um, influenced by like the. Um, like 70s uh italian style like horror mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah um but but thinking about the suspiria remake because the suspiria remake focused on dance a lot more than the original did mm-hmm. um and just just seeing the sort of that was very um I, I don't like i said i don't have the right terminology for dance but like it was like a very buttoned up sort of almost like classical dance yes um and then whenever anything got sort of chaotic or whatever it was like this out of out of the norm it was the showcase that something was different and going wrong whereas here in climax um the dancing is very chaotic and 
I don't know if modern, I don't know if it's modern dance. I, I, I really don't know. Um, chaotic and uh, very, very sexual, obviously. There's like, there's like a, one of the dancers just like sort of just smacks her vagina a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, the dance. And that's, <laughs> that was dan- like her style. It was, yeah. The dance from the outset sets a tone for what this movie's going to be. Yeah. Because like it, it, even though there is a very um, distinct shift about halfway through the movie, it still feels very much like it has a rhythm throughout the entire thing that never really stops. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I think it can't. Like there isn't there isn't a time for it to be dull. Like no. there there are some there are some moments early on in the party where like you're splitting off into individual conversations. But like, you know, the music is still going and there's still this energy to the conversations like the like the two dudes that kept talking about anal sex, you know, like they're jumping around, they're getting, you know, hyped up about, you know, pretty gross (laughs) shit. But like there's still this energy to it and they're moving between the conversations, too. You're not like stand like staying there. Right, right, because one character will be talking with another about a third character, and then they immediately cut to that third character talking about somebody else, and then it just keeps going around and around. Yeah. Um, It weirded me out that uh, the 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 white the white guy with the shaved head, uh huh, um, he looked like somebody we went to high school with. (laughs) Really? Yeah. You'll have to tell me after who that was because I'm not sure who you're talking about. It it really was freaking me out. Um, yeah, that would make a bit of a weird uh, make for a bit of a weird experience. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I I think I liked it. Yeah, I mean, for me, like uh, this is the first time I rewatched it, um, and after seeing it a second time, I, I genuinely think this is one of my favorite horror movies. Mm. Um, it's really up there for me because I've never, I've just never seen um, anyone capture this like nightmarish feeling just like so clearly mm-hmm. and so in such like an extended like continuous way, just holding like, just like being able to grab the viewer and keep them in a place in like a state of mind and a feeling for so long. Yeah. Um I just I just haven't seen that in film and I was so impressed with that. There there was this idea that like the outside world just doesn't fucking exist. Right. Right. Because like a character gets thrown out of the out of the building and then it's like they might as well be dead. Like they're just they're just gone. Yeah. You yeah, know? you don't it's see like, them again like ir- until the very end when they, you find out yeah, they are they are dead. Yeah, it was like this irreversible act of just like throwing them out, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, because then every, um, everybody else is like, "How how could you banish that person? They didn't yeah. do anything. How could you do that?" Well, it's like okay, but you know, you could, you could just open the door, open the like, door. But yeah, no, that's yeah. not an option here because this is the world, and this is the world you're living in, and there's no escape from it. Yeah, and then there's like the one character that's like badgering the the one, like the one girl to be like, "Hey, let's get out of here. Let's get out of here." And she's looking at him like that's like such a crazy idea. Mhm. Like what? Where like what do you want? Where would where would we go? Like what are you talking about? Yep. Um And then yeah. later on, he's the guy that everyone's telling to leave the room. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, I'm I'm glad that uh, that I was able to uh, get you to see this one. Yeah. Because I don't know if I would have convinced you otherwise if I hadn't chosen it. <laughs> if I hadn't chosen it for this show. I don't know. I, it takes it takes a lot for me to actually like just bother to sit down and watch a movie. So. Mm-hmm. But that's that's just a me problem. It has nothing to do with. With the quality, yeah, with the quality, right? At all. Um. But yeah. Do we do we have next week's pick? So. We do. I'm a little bit hesitant about this only because <laughs> um, only because we don't have any critical reception for it yet. This I, I was going to go mm. with I'm going with Malignant, the new James Wan. OK, the new James Wan um, movie that is coming out. Uh, it will be out by the time this this podcast is up. Mm-hmm. Um, it's in theaters and on HBO Max. So you can watch it at home. OK. Um, you know, so it's James Wan. He directed the first two Conjuring movies, which I, I like quite a bit. Um, he directed uh, Aquaman. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to say, like, Insidious was him as well. Did he? I think so. Actually, let me let me fact check that. Uh, let me fact check that real quick. Yeah, that was him. That was him. So he's, you know, he's got a pretty good uh, filmography. I I figure it's a Mm -hmm. fairly safe bet that we'll have stuff to talk about with his new film. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's topical. It's new. So I think we'll we'll go that direction for next week. Malignant, uh, directed by James Wan. That sounds good. All right. So, yeah, check that out next week. We'll have a discussion about that for our next Horror Harvest. Okay. Yeah, see, I know where you're. I, I see where you're coming from with like the um, the abortion angle and like the drug PSA angle, but that caught me off guard. <laughs> oh yeah, because um, I was not thinking along those lines at all, really. It was just something that stuck in my head while I was watching it, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess maybe that's just me projecting, but. No, I mean, Um, I think part of it, too, is um, I think I like because I kind of knew what I was getting into. like the first time when I was watching this movie, because I knew that the type of stuff that this director is like going for in his films. Sure. You know, so I think that probably plays into it, too. Yeah. But anyway. Well, yeah, well, it was like, you know, as soon as the girl said she was pregnant, I was like, all right, they're going to fucking beat the shit out of her you know like that like that was that was where i went immediately <laughs> yeah. and then and then of course like not even 45 seconds later she's getting kicked in the stomach mm-hmm. so like you know i like i knew that was gonna happen but then like i wasn't expecting the characters to all get in a circle surround her and say i'm gonna make you have an abortion repeatedly yeah <laughs> like <laughs> um all right, so this is a story that I've wanted to talk about for a couple weeks now. Um, I, mean, I, I think we had to push it last time, at least, but I, I think it's been a couple weeks. Um, so people might have seen this. It was like trending on Twitter, like the weekend that it happened. Um, so ESPN broadcast a football game, a high school football game, between, I guess, one of the top sort of programs in the country, like this... this um, school IMG or whatever 
and they have like a bunch of top 300 prospects for college or whatever. Um, and so they have a, a series, the Geico kickoff classic, and it's a series of seven high school games that are going to like, they're all over ESPN for they're supposed to be the country's best high school teams. Um, and for whatever reason, this top ranked school was playing a school that nobody had ever heard of. Um, called Bishop Sycamore. And they were, they obviously got their ass completely beat. Uh, they won 58 to zero. Or the, 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 the opposing team. Right. Um, and, but during the broadcast, even the announcers are saying like, we don't even know. We couldn't find any information about this school. Uh, the roster they gave us doesn't even make sense because they had kids on the field that were wearing the same number at the same time. Um, the roster was small enough where kids were playing both offense and defense. Um, and so, like, you have the announcer saying, "Like this, this is not this is not even safe." Like these kids were getting demolished. Uh, I think their their quarterback got knocked out, like immediately due to injury. Um, so it was just this bizarre situation, and this is on national TV. This is on ESPN, right? And so people are starting to like look at like who the hell is the school? They have like very basic black uniforms, um, and these kids are like a lot smaller than their opponents. And this is like ESPN, like the broadcaster saying that they don't have information about this school. So it's like, well, how did this happen? Like, why would you even put this game on TV? And why did this game happen in the first place? Mm. So it it, it was a very bizarre situation. And ESPN was, uh, they said a statement like after the game, they said, we regret that this happened and have discussed it with Paragon, which secured the matchup and handles the majority of our high school event scheduling. They have ensured us that they will take steps to prevent this kind of situation from happening moving forward. And so the other thing that came out was that this Bishop Sycamore, this game took place on uh, a Sunday. I believe it was Sunday the... I'm not sure. It was it was Sunday the 29th. Um, turns out that they played a game on Friday as well. Oh my. And like I said, their roster was not big enough where that there were kids playing both offense and defense. And so if their game was not big enough to field both offense and defense, then the roster wasn't big enough to have like two separate teams play a game on Friday and Sunday. So these were the same kids playing a game on Friday and Sunday. Um, so it was just like this really unsafe situation for these kids. Um, and people looked into it. It's like, yep, the Bishop Sycamore had the same starting quarterback both game. Um, frequently had players with the same number in the same alignments in both games. Um, and then their coach admitted to that. Um, Do we know um, the outcome of that first game, the Friday game? Uh, yes, they lost 19-7. to Okay, so respectable. Not too bad. Right. So the other thing was that uh, they Bishop Sycamore had mismatched helmets, and then not enough helmets for the entire team. No. So kids were sharing helmets as well, oh, not no. only jerseys. Um, 
And so then people found out that the previous week, Bishop Sycamore posted a GoFundMe for $20,000. Um, and the description of that read, We are Bishop Sycamore, a new football program getting established in Columbus, Ohio. We play a national schedule, which is ranked fourth in the nation. We have gathered young men from all over the country in the pursuit of a similar goal. We currently need your assistance with helping these young men achieve their goals and inspire other young men to do the same. It takes a community to raise a child. Please be that community and help these young men. Please help us with finding team meals, funding, sorry, team meals, travel expenses, and equipment costs. Um, so nowhere in that statement does it say like what school they're coming from or anything like that, which is no, interesting. No, Um So the thing is, is that it's apparently true. They do have the fourth toughest schedule in the country. So for whatever reason, they're scheduling themselves against like powerhouse school programs. Right. Um, and so from the footage of Friday's game, which was also recorded, they only have black jerseys. They don't have like an away jersey mm-hmm. uh, because both teams played in black. Mm. So like, it, and there's like, I see a screenshot here. You can't even see who's on what team. Because they're both in black jerseys with white numbers. Um, so then ESPN claims that they told Paragon, who was like their uh, outsourced scheduling uh, management company, they said weeks in advance that they couldn't find anything about Bishop Sycamore. Um, and then days before the game, Bishop Sycamore bailed on a conference call with ESPN. Um, and then gave them a fact sheet that claimed that multiple players had D1 scholarship offers. Um, and then ESPN said that they couldn't verify any of that information. And then they said that they were scammed. Um, and this is, this is days before the game took place. Yes. And so then this is, this is a quote from, uh, during the broadcast, like one of the announcers, um, one says, it's very clear, very, very clear that they can't match up. And the other one replies, no, they can't match up. And you already saw Trillian Harris, their quarterback, get dinged up. And the last thing you want is to have this showcase on national TV. The point to finish here is, you look at IMG, and this is the most talented prep team in the country. Bishop Sycamore told us they had a number of Division One prospects on the roster. And to be frank, a lot of that we could not verify. They did not show up in our database, and they did not show up in the databases of other recruiting services. So, okay, that's what you're telling us. Fine, that's how we take it in. From what we've seen so far, this is not a fair fight, and there's got to be a point here where you're worried about health and safety. Um, I already am worried about it. I think this could potentially be dangerous given the circumstances and the mismatch that we have here. And quite honestly, Bishop Sycamore doesn't have not only the frontline players, but they don't have the depth in case something were to happen to the roster, with a kid or two here throughout the remaining two quarters of this football game. Um, and so a reporter afterwards said that they maybe have 30 to 35 players. Um, and they had a bunch of injuries, which makes sense if they were playing for the second time in three days. And a lot of those players are on the field for almost every down. Right, right. Um, early on, IMG were getting clean hits on the quarterback on every play. There was clearly a player safety issue. Um, and this is another ESPN reporter. Sorry, they had no business being in that game today. None. I feel bad for the kids. Player health and safety was at risk today. It was uncomfortable for anyone who watched. Um, 
Oh, and then the other thing that happened was that since they were getting completely blown out, um, the refs and the opposing team, like IMG, the, the the other school was like, all right, let's institute a running clock as like a mercy rule so we can like, you know, finish this. Sure. And the Bishop Sycamore coach uh, said no. Okay. <laughs> he, he declined that option have a running clock so do we have any any knowledge about uh, any background on who this coach is let's get there okay because <laughs> um so last year bishop sycamore went zero and six and they lost by a total score of to all their opponents to 227 to 42 and last year they lost 56 to 6 to img um, and so IMG apparently decided to schedule with them again, knowing what they were about. Yeah, it um, reminds me of like a lot of the top um, universities will schedule like a warm up game, essentially almost like a preseason game for their first right. week against like a, 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 you know, a school from an entirely, lo- you know, lower division. Right. But, like, the thing there is that, like, they're at least certified, you know, and those are, uh, you know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> they're, yeah. they're still, they're still, I guess, NCAA, even though they're, they'd be Division 2 or 3. Right, that's the key distinction you know? here, is that they are legit. Um, like, these are, these are just fucking kids. Right. Um, so, then there's this uh, Prep Gridiron Logistics is apparently a uh, this uh, high school football scheduling service. Um, and so they have a bunch of members and their website states that they have the membership members member program seeking 2021 games and they have a bunch there's uh, some in uh, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Ohio, mm-hmm. Florida, all over the place. Um, and then inc- and they include Bishop Sycamore. And so then they, on Twitter, they said, I brought these teams together at the request of Paragon slash ESPN. Bishop Sycamore has more than one team, is what they're claiming. Um, Paragon then says, it was this other scheduling company, uh, the two schools verbally agreed to play each other in May. Um, this prep gridiron recommended Bishop Sycamore, but was not involved in contracting or organizing the game. Um, and sometimes prep gridiron may schedule a matchup that Paragon picks up for TV. They're usually in the business of helping teams find national matchups, not actually organizing the games. So, like, everybody seems to be trying to, like, pass the buck over whose fault this is that yeah. this happened. yeah. Whose fault it is that children are getting, like, massacred on TV. Yeah. Um, Paragon stated that they never worked with Bishop Sycamore in the past, and they don't plan to in the future. The other thing is that Bishop Sycamore apparently has a lot of postgraduate players. So, kids that are actually older than high school athletes. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. but at the same time, they've been shorthanded and they don't really give information about the roster to the broadcast partners. And when they do, it's literally just a sheet with names and then their numbers. And then a lot of times 
the numbers don't even match up to the players. And it doesn't give any information about them. It doesn't, like, give their heights, you know, or even the position that they're supposed to be playing. Or positions. Right, exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're, playing, they're playing offense and defense. Um, Which does happen at the high school level, but... Um, this yeah. this is definitely not the norm here with 35 players. No, no. If anything, usually high school football programs are uh, much bigger than you um, like see in the NFL. The NFL like restricts roster size in high school. I don't even think they usually do that. Right. Like you have backups of backups of backups and you have like a JV team, you know, and things like that. Yes. Um. So. Yeah. Um. So people found the website, uh, bishopsycamore.org, which is basically a blog. Um, and the blog on May 21st explains how to catch a college recruiter's attention on social media. The website's about us section is blank. Um, the only hard proof I could find of the school's existence outside of a football, pro, uh, football team is um, an Ohio Independent article from last September where even in the most favorable of light, this online only prep school exists somewhere in between Finley prep and prime prep on the spectrum of alternative sports focused high schools. Um, and then here's a quote. It seems like when you read about the school on the internet, you hear things about, well, they only just run around aimlessly and are just trying to play football. Um, and this is from, uh, an athletic director at another school, I believe. I don't think that people understand that. A lot of these young men, they really, 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 really want to go to college. They really, 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 really want to be good fathers. The way to teach those things is through football, okay? I don't think people understand that. They get so caught up in the football aspect of it that they don't realize there's actual people who really want to do better in their life. Okay, but... It, um, so then there's, like, all kinds of information on high school football messaging boards. And there's a bunch of accusations about the school and about this head coach, Roy Johnson. Um, people are claiming that there's fraud and mismanagement going on and that there's probably not even classes happening. Um, on September 25th, I guess this is from last year, uh, the Ohio High School Athletic Association said its representatives could not verify classes were taking place. Um, and they gave an address because they, they're claiming that classes were taking place at some kind of church. Um, well, did, wasn't there mention that this was an online school? Potentially, yeah. Like people, people aren't sure. Right. Yeah. Nothing so can be just kind of assuming. Nothing can be have, verified. Yeah. If they don't have a school, then they're just like, oh, well, are, you must be an online school. Right. Right. Yeah. But nobody's really checking. Um, and so this is the state athletic board. They determined that football games played against COF Academy would not count for points to qualify for the state playoffs. Um, and so Roy Johnson is a defendant in two cases, accusing them of unpaid loans for a hundred thousand dollars. Um, multiple businesses and other private individuals are threatening lawsuits of their own against Johnson due to accusations of unpaid, unpaid bills for services. Mm, here we go. There's another person referenced Jay Richardson, who currently works as an analyst for Columbus, Ohio affiliate, ABC affiliate. So yeah, they, they, they took some loans out from the bank on behalf of a church for a hundred thousand dollars. Um, but that they're saying that that was false because it wasn't for the church. It was for this fucking football program. Right. Um, 
like I'm thinking back to the NCAA thing. Like I'm thinking why these smaller schools choose to play like Alabama or whatever in week one. Mm-hmm. And it's because it, it brings money to their, to their, uh, to their school. Right. So it's, it's all about money, essentially money and like, um, awareness. I suppose. Um, and I'm assuming in this case, money is at the forefront of their motivations. Yeah. Okay, so somebody uh, gave a, a summary of like a lot of the accusations against them on one of these high school football boards. Uh, they were formed as COF, which is like a different school a few years back, but that program collapsed under fraud and misuse of funds, including fraudulently obtaining loans and failing to pay numerous vendors and landlords. So they folded that name and called themselves Bishop Sycamore. In the two to three years that they've been Bishop Sycamore, they've used multiple fake addresses, multiple fake names, fraudulently attaching themselves to actual charitable entities without those entities' knowledge or permission, and then created a fake school name to attach themselves to before giving that up and going back to just calling themselves Bishop Sycamore and using a fake address. There is not and has never been an actual school, and there is not and has never been an actual person named Bishop Sycamore. They use post-grad players, which is one of the many reasons they are not certified by OSHA, which is not the, like, um same OSHA that's like the uh uh what's it called the the work this is like the OSHA regulations specifically you know I mean? about high school football right yeah this is the Ohio State High School Athletic Association mm-hmm. um, so this is a different OSHA um they're not certified by OSHA or any other certifying body for high school sports uh this one this is they and their pimp GSB lie online about their players their facilities and their fake D1 offers Meanwhile, they ha- barely have enough players to cover offense and defense, and they don't have enough uniforms, equipment, and helmets for all the players. It's a scam from top to bottom, pimped, pushed, and promoted by GSB, which is the Gridiron Sports. Yeah. So there's there's a there's on another on another high school uh, thread board. There's a 45 page thread. There's like even more accusations. Um, it's not the first time that they've played multiple games in a weekend. Um, the head coach that Roy Johnson has is currently has an active arrest warrant out for him. (laughs) Um, I'm not sure what the arrest is for. Um, I think it might be like assault or something, but I'm not, I'm not sure on that, but yeah. So the head coach has an active arrest warrant and that's in addition to all the, the lawsuits for the fraudulent loans and everything else. Uh, the only thing that would have made this more wild is if, <laughs> if is if like the coach was arrested during the uh, ESPN broadcast. Yeah, it's seriously. like we we found him. He's on national TV. Yeah. Um. Uh, a large amount of the players are older than high school age, including players that played for JUCO, and I believe that's like just a postgraduate, like football program. Mm-hmm. Oh, that, oh, that's junior college. I'm sorry. So like they have, they already have kids that have played for junior colleges that are uh in this program playing against actual high schoolers. Right. Uh they there's this accusation they played a defender on Sunday that's originally a 2020 player from Florida. Kid has reported over two dozen fake offers. Um showed up to a tryout and used a fake ID. Um there's another one. My son was on the team. We initially thought it was going to be great. They have some great kids, but the guys running it aren't coaches, and all the negative stuff that you hear is true. Someone needs to shut it down before someone gets hurt. Most of the kids are already 19 or 20. 
Oh yeah, so then they also have like some sort of team housing. Um and the the kids that were in that got evicted from the team housing and that somehow affected their personal credit. Wow. There's like all there's like all kinds of shit. Yeah, and so like was this quote-unquote school was this program paid for their ESPN appearance? Do we know? That I don't know. Cuz like I I'm just trying to figure out cuz it's obviously a scam and they're obviously using these children mm-hmm. um in very dangerous conditions and and the point what's what's the what's the what are they gaining right what are they gaining from this right yeah they're 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 trying to get money and siphon it you know because it's not going into this program right right Um, it's like you take out a hundred thousand dollar loan it's like well where did that money go because it didn't go to the uniforms it didn't go to equipment Mm -hmm. um they apparently have transportation problems this here says that they uh keep getting kicked out of apartment housing or getting kicked out of hotels due to lack of payment. Yeah. And then at the end, it's like you don't ESPN is trying to say that it's not their fault. The people that organized the game are saying that it's not their fault. Um, it's, it's a shit show. Completely. I mean, I think if you're ESPN, you need to take responsibility here. Like, come on. Right. Right. You're the largest sports broadcasting network in the world. Like you mm-hmm. are what people associate with sports. Yeah. And you got, you got kids in an unsafe situation. Mm-hmm. Do you know if it was on like actual ESPN or if this was like maybe ESPN two or maybe like their, one of their internet, like ESPN three streams or whatever. Uh, this here says that the, like this, the, the, the Geico classic or whatever was, uh, supposed to be all across the ESPN networks, these seven games. Okay. I believe this one was somehow on main ESPN, which is kind of why it blew up. Incredible. But I'm I'm not 100% on that, but I think that was the case, which is why it got all this attention. Um, yeah, it's incredible. <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely nuts. Man. Um. And so then this happened, like this happened um, a, a few weeks back where this story sort of blew up. Um, then the next week where college game day started on Saturday, another school, this is, this is college now, um, this no-name <laughs> university uh, called North American University. Hey, we're uh, from there. Yeah, anybody that's in Canada, <laughs> United States, or Mexico, uh, I guess qualifies for North American University. That's my local school. Um, so they played a game against Lamar, who is which is a D three school, um, and they they put that game on ESPN as well. Um, and so this had to be like ESPN plus, right? This had to be like uh, one of the streams. I'm looking at the screenshot. I can't tell. It just says ESPN college football. It ha- it has to have been on like 
the ESPN College Channel or some shit like something that. like that. Yeah. Um, but they North American literally doesn't have a logo, so there is just a placeholder that just says logo oh, no. on the ESPN. It says ESPN College Football presented by you know ESPN or whatever, and then it says North American. And next to them it has logo, and then it has Lamar, and they have their logo there properly. And then even in the ticker at the bottom, it still has the placeholder for logo. Quick question. That's scrolling by. Yeah. If, if you um, had to place a bet, North American, the entire team, versus Lamar Jackson. <laughs> but only Lamar Jackson. <laughs> who, are, who are you betting on? Um... Mm. Well, maybe we'll have some, maybe we'll have some insight as we as we learn who this North American team He's is. Looking over in the flats, he's going to go deep down the field, wide oh. open for the touchdown. Okay, wide well, open. They kind of can't cover uh, based on that clip bobbles. I just saw. <laughs> um, so he might have a shot. Honestly, <laughs> I think so. There are like three defenders back, and this receiver has a twenty-yard cushion. <laughs> This is like a this is like a fifty yard catch and throw. Like, yeah, I, I <laughs> and that's against the D three school, right? So like, um, they got sacked when they had a first and twenty three. I don't even know how that happens. Get a first and twenty three. Um, half the Wikipedia page of the organization that accredited North American university is dedicated to scandals, <laughs> um, which is the accrediting commission of career schools and colleges. Um, North American university has several pages claiming that they are a number of NAIA. And I have to look that up again. Cause I forgot what that is. So uh, this is, um, national association of intercollegiate, uh, intercollegiate athletics. Mm hmm. So this game is coming, what, like maybe a week or so after the high school game? Yes. Yes. Right. So, like, people are now on the lookout for this shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, they're claiming that they're a member of NAIA. They are not, and according to other sources, are hoping to become an NAIA member in 2022. They are currently unsanctioned by any collegiate sports body. So this is like what we were saying. Like, at least, you know, the teams that get warm-up games... They usually play against just lower ranked like NCAA teams. Yes. This is not even a real school. They're not even accredited by anybody. They're not recognized by any athletic body whatsoever. And apparently the Lamar's athletic director was not able to obtain any information at all about them. So... <laughs> Why did you play them exactly? Yeah, you think that would tip you off. Um, man. The NCAA less than a month ago released a list of blacklisted teams that do not count as actual competitions if you play them. Guess who was on that list? North American University. Ugh. So what was the um what was the score of this game? Do we know? Um This is like in a tweet thread and uh in the middle of the thread, it's Lamar is up 44 to zero. Okay. <laughs> and it would be a lot worse <laughs> if the Cardinals weren't being extremely deliberate on every drive, eating up huge amounts of clock. Jesus. 
Oh, so it's like they probably could have scored a bunch, but they decided to just like do like some 15, 20 yard gains and, and eat some time. Yeah, they're just trying to run out the clock. Um, wow. Okay, this clip. Uh, there's six minutes left in the fourth quarter. It's 47 to. Oh, they're about to kick a field goal. 47 to three now. Oh, there we go. Oh, my oh, God. They're. <laughs> North American is celebrating like they just fucking won in overtime. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that is so sad. That is so sad. Oh my God. So yeah, I don't know what the final score was, but they were getting beat quite soundly by a Division Three school. And the NCAA is like even saying like, hey, this game does not count <laughs> because they're not a real school. <laughs> So it's like a, a glorified scrimmage. Not even. I wouldn't even say glorified. Yeah. It's just a scrimmage mm-hmm. that ESPN decided to broadcast. Just bizarre stuff. Um, I think as you think ESPN has it has its hands in too many different like sports. Seems like it. It's trying. It's trying to do too much. Seems like it. Doesn't have a handle on. Uh, on what it's what it's showing. It's like I know college football is huge. And I know in a lot of places in the country, high school football is huge. Like around Pittsburgh, Ohio, it is enormous. Texas, it's huge. Um, and, and also, there are just people who will watch football no matter who it is. Mm-hmm. So, but like, come on, like, who? I already find diminishing returns on NFL games. I think they're less and less entertaining. Like, who is enjoying this shit? Mm-hmm. Asi- aside from the weirdness of the story. Right, right, right. Like, who's going to flip on Lamar versus North American University? Only if it was Lamar Jackson. Right, <laughs> right. It's the only situation where I'm tuning in. Put that for the uh, Pro Bowl game. There we go. God. Spice things up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so related, you put this story in here. Yes, I saw this last weekend during the um, first week of uh, of college football. Uh, I saw an AP story. It caught my eye because apparently we had some history set. Okay. Um, Presbyterian. Presbyterian is an FCS school. So they're which real. Which I guess, yeah, they are, they are real. They are accredited. <laughs> they are certified. Um, but FCS is like the level below FBS, like the top top end teams. Right, 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 right. But there are still a lot of like legitimately really good FCS schools. You know, some some NFL players have come from FCS schools. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. It's Presbyterian. Uh, the AP headline here is uh, Presbyterian's Hefley, their quarterback, sets FCS record with ten touchdowns. <laughs> Christ. Okay. Um, which which you know that led me to click on the story, see what was going on here. Uh, uh-huh. So Hefley, their quarterback, he threw ten touchdown passes uh, as Presbyterian beat St. Andrews by a score of eighty-four to forty-three. Not a lot of defense. Not a lot of defense going on there. Uh, Hefley, by the way, he was a former walk-on at Michigan. Huh. Um, so he ended up landing here at Presbyterian. He went thirty-eight for fifty for five hundred thirty-eight <laughs> yards and ten touchdowns. And so you know you're thinking, all right, this was a bit of a mismatch. Um, uh-huh. so how, how exactly did this happen? 10 touchdowns. Did they just run the score up? Like what was going on here? Turns Eight, out 814 yards to 315. Yeah. 
So um, turns out there's a bit of a story here with their head coach, uh, Kevin Kelly. Uh, Kevin Kelly comes from an independent high school in Arkansas where he won nine state titles in 18 years. So he's averaging a state title one every other year. Mm -hmm. Uh, So then he comes to Presbyterian, but he came with a reputation. Um, He was known as the coach who never punted. (laughs) like the man with no name <laughs> yeah <laughs> so so okay. he's he took that philosophy to presbyterian um <laughs> the team during this game tried nine onside kicks <laughs> okay <laughs> uh they won the toss immediately like before the opening kickoff and they did recover an onside kick <laughs> on the opening kickoff um, sure. They also did not punt. They converted four out of five fourth down attempts. <laughs> and like you said, they outgained their opponent 814 yards to 315. Uh, oh. So, yeah, I thought this was really noteworthy with this head coach's philosophy. I have not seen this outside of Madden NFL football. I was going to say, yeah, he's he's been training in Madden. He's totally been training in Madden. Um so, you know, uh, this, this story continues to say, you know, his philosophy makes sense, uh, giving his offense more <laughs> opportunities to score. Um, and, and there's a quote from Kelly saying, you know, I'm just playing the numbers. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, um, it's, it's, it's definitely not something I've seen before. And it led to a record. So it definitely paid off here. Now, I don't know how well this is going to hold up if Presbyterian goes on to face some more formidable opponents. Right. I can tell you that... Somebody that could stop a, you know, a single drive. That can stop a fourth down, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Or recover an onside kick. Yeah. Um, But I will tell you that for the sake of this show, I am going to be following uh, Presbyterian football for the rest of the season. (laughs) (laughs) I will let I will let you know how their season goes. You'd think since he's the he's known as the coach that doesn't punt. Yes. (laughs) You would be expecting it. You got to drop a game plan. Yeah. You have to drop a game plan against this guy. You got to always put out the hands team. Yeah. You know, we can verify information about Presbyterian. Um, right. <laughs> there's, right. There's there's footage. Um, <laughs> we know what they're about. So somebody somebody stop this guy. Somebody stop this team. <laughs> this madman. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, he's got his 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 team is bought into it. His his uh, students have bought into his approach and. Uh, you know, 10 touchdowns. <laughs> 84 points. God. Let me see. Let me I, look at their... I didn't look at their schedule. I'm going to see if I can pull up their schedule. See if there's anybody recognizable. I would want their defense to sort of step it up, though. They did give up 43. That is true. Um, I don't know how many of those were, like... Although, on, yeah. If, onside if you're giving kicks, them a short field... Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I, I, they might yeah. They might have been put in some tough situations. That's true. Oh, they're playing Moorhead State. Uh, in October, which I feel like I've heard of them before. They're playing to be determined on September 11th. Oh, I just think that's, uh, it's probably a bye week or, or is that, um, like North American university? Tom, Tom, no, is that Thomas Blair Academy or something? Or is, you know, like, it's not, 
Yeah, so this game will be on ESPN Plus. Okay. Pre- Presbyterian, the Presbyterian <laughs> Blue Hose is their name. Um, playing against <laughs> To Be Determined on Saturday afternoon at 4 p.m. on ESPN Plus. We might have another scenario here. <laughs> See, you got to subscribe to get the best content. Well, that's the thing. Um, I will actually be resubscribing because of the NHL soon. Sure. So I might even do it a little bit early to see some Presbyterian games. Oh, my God. I'm legitimately interested. I do want to watch one of their games. Um, yeah, so they got Moorhead State. <laughs> they have Dayton. Um, okay. Valparaiso. Another team down here without a logo, which could okay. could just be because they're, like, you know, FBS or FCS and, and not very Sure. Young. But yeah, to be determined, that that's interesting. I mean, by the time that this podcast airs, this game will have either happened or not happened. They're playing uh, Florida State. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Texas Tech. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I will I will keep keep everyone posted in case anything noteworthy happens with Presbyterian. But good for them, you know, trying out something different. I feel like this is more yeah. interesting than the Wildcat, to be honest. I'd say so. Yeah. But then what happens like the week that, you know, it doesn't work out and he still keeps, he still keeps pushing and then he loses, he loses the players on it. I I feel like the players have to buy in no matter what, you know, you're going to have your good weeks. You're going to have your down (laughs) weeks, but you have to stick to the game plan. Keep on punting. What's good about this is that, um, you can actually have, have an extra spot on your roster because you don't need a punter. Right, yeah. So you can have like a like a, a fourth string quarterback or something, like some extra depth at one of the positions if you need it. Yeah. Or you can maybe lend one of your players to um Bishop uh <laughs> Bishop Sycamore. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that they're college level. So it'll even bring a helmet. Yeah, it'll bring a helmet. It doesn't matter that the helmet says Presbyterian on it. Nobody cares. Right. Oh god. But anyway. Um, to be continued potentially with yeah. Presbyterian. Um, should we do just a couple quick hits and then get out of here? Yeah, yeah, we should. We've had some of these up for a while. Um, yeah, you talking about my stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So I guess we'll do the job market one because I thought I thought this was something. Um, okay. <laughs> but uh, so you know we're in a pandemic. Mm-hmm. We've been in one. This this isn't news to anybody, but uh, <laughs> somebody somebody crawled out from a coma. Yeah, <laughs> the first I, thing they first thing they did was turned on episode twenty two of the Dead End Road Show. Yeah. <laughs> um. Although there was that story like during last spring or or summer even where there were like people on like this retreat where there was like no communication with like. You know, it was like no phones, no communication with the outside world. When they return, they return to just hell on earth. Oh yeah, I think I heard about something like like that that happened like with people like around nine eleven. I don't know why I bring up nine eleven like every show now. Um, yeah, but yeah, I I remember hearing something like that. But um, so you know, I've been kind of paying attention to some reports about the economy, see what the job market's like. I'm currently looking for a job as well, so I'm. Mm-hmm you know, checking out the landscape. 
And honestly, some of these reports can be misleading, right? Because yeah. like you can see a gain in, in jobs added, but like the quality of those jobs or the wages or, the, you know, whether they provide are, 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 are terrible, right? So like it's, yeah. it's kind of hard to get an accurate read on what the – on what people's experiences are looking for, for jobs, right? Mm-hmm. However, I am on TikTok. Sure. And, you know, I've, I've seen some TikToks that provide – insight into how people are how people are doing so i think i thought we would play a couple here i have the first okay. one i'm gonna link it in the discord for you mm-hmm. here we go so here's this one this is from user jay lampy i'm on the verge of getting my real estate license <laughs> is that what everyone does when their dreams are crushed i feel like that's like the only that's the only way out. <laughs> I don't want to do that. Can you even picture me selling houses? Hi, welcome in. Here's the kitchen. Here's the bathroom. Do you like it? Do you want to buy it? This is my entire job is just doing that. And then the other stuff that's boring. I'm sorry, no offense to you guys, but that sounds so boring. So, you know, <laughs> this this resonated with me a bit. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm wondering yeah. I'm wondering if you've ever considered real estate, because that seems to be like the thing that people really go to when they hate their existence. Uh, no, no, I personally, I haven't. Um, I had some family that did that. Um like bef- like before and they moved out of it um no no it's not something i considered um because yeah it does sound miserable i mean um, i've been thinking about it honestly yeah and like because i mean if you if you get into it and you i guess if you do it right it could it could pay well sure yeah you know it's a it's a it's a good area to be in um, mm-hmm Especially, I guess, as the housing market is so fucked. Yeah. Um, but, like, I worked in the school, and I, there were just, like, a number of teachers were leaving to get their real estate license. Jesus. Um, um, yeah, yeah, I keep hearing it's a seller's market. Yeah, so, you know. <laughs> Whatever some, that's supposed to mean. Sure. It's like, people people can't buy the houses, so then how is it a seller's market? I don't, I don't understand. Well, the billionaires can buy the houses. Oh, okay. Okay. I guess that's who they're selling it to. Are they selling it? Are they yeah? Are they selling it to them so they could uh, turn them into Airbnbs? Probably. Is that what's going on? Probably. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That so sounds. you know, just just something to keep in mind. That's that's sure, always an option. Yeah. Um. So I had another one that I saw here that came on my for you page. Uh, mm-hmm. This is from uh, user Bossy Too Saucy. Okay. Day four of COVID. <laughs> I just found out that people at my job knew that they had COVID and were still coming in to work because they're pieces of big lobs of shit. And so I've decided to quit and I put my resume on Indeed.com. And about four minutes later, I got a notification from Auntie Anne's pretzel shop. Yeah. Yay! Yeah. Here. 
So yeah, I, I think yeah. I feel like this one speaks to a misconception happening right now where like people can drive around and see all these hiring signs, mm-hmm. especially in like retail and like service jobs. Yeah. I'm like, Oh, look at all these jobs that are available. It must be so easy to find a job right now. Right. But like, like we were saying a minute ago, none of the, like a majority of these places are probably minimum wage, mm-hmm. maybe a little bit above it. Definitely not a living wage. And not only that, but like having to work, I mean, in non-COVID times in retail or service is, is it's hell. Yeah. It's hell. But like during COVID when you're basically just putting your life at risk and because of like mandates going away and stuff, you're putting your life in the hands of customers that don't give a shit. Or your other fellow employees, apparently. Yep. Yeah. Um, but it's like, yeah, because because at the same time, like people get COVID, but it's like. Well, I still need to eat. Yeah, exactly. Like you're choosing so, between like nobody, Yeah. You're choosing between your health and your um ability to make a living. Mhm. Which is not not a situation people should be in, but they are cuz this country doesn't give a shit. Yeah. But yeah, I'm I'm so used to getting like you put your resume up somewhere and then you just get all kinds of weird emails and calls about companies that don't even sound like they exist. And then they just want you to be in quote unquote sales. Yes. It's, it's so um, bad that I don't do it anymore. Um, like indeed will ask me if yeah. I want to make my resume public. I just say no. And then I yeah. supply to jobs that I'm looking for. Yep. Um, Cause I've gotten nothing valuable out of that. Yep. All right. So I have one more and this one, this one is is really uh, the user's fault here. Um, okay. <laughs> this is from user. I hope I'm pronouncing it correctly, but Flocka Laden. Maybe. Okay. Here we go. Last one. Oh no! It's unavailable. Oh, I should have checked beforehand. Oh shit! Oh no. Oh, okay. Well, this one was funny and it was about a guy saying how he got high on Indeed and he ended up getting calls about. Um, being like an x-ray technician, even though he has absolutely no experience or any idea what that is. Um, then he had a bunch of follow-up videos about how other things that he, um, discovered while he was high on indeed. And that would have been, that would have been funny if we could have seen it, but, uh, I should have, uh, I should have double checked before, before we started. TikTok moves too quick. I know they really do. This one, like this, this one blew up with like over a million, a million likes. Um, which which caused this guy to then just like <laughs> just like make a bunch of them, yeah. which you know none of the rest of them were as successful. But I don't believe TikTok statistics. What do you mean? I don't. I don't think that they're real. Um, like I in the way in the way that like Netflix's statistics aren't real. In the way that uh, when Facebook decided that they wanted everybody to start making videos for them, that they uh, made up and inflated all the statistics of the viewer, uh, the videos. Well, so you're not on TikTok, right? No. Yeah, see, I think you're the only person that's not on TikTok. No. no I think you're, I think you're, I think maybe you don't realize how, just like the fact that everybody's on here. The, the numbers don't make sense. Yeah, they do. No, they don't. 
I mean, a million, two million, like, you know, a million or two interactions with a video is not much when you consider how large the population is on TikTok. Would that many people have to have seen it and decided to interact with it? It's not just, it's not just views. That's likes. Well, yeah, but that's what happens when something trends. It, it, it gathers momentum and then it ends up on the pages of more and more people and that's that's you know it's just going there's there's so much there's so much like just everyday shit shit that doesn't is is not like interesting and i'm not even just saying not interesting to me just like where nothing happens or nobody's really saying anything and it just it's like oh yeah that has 50 million likes oh i don't it's know like, about 50 million. that's pretty rare i've seen for, i've seen weird shit i mean i don't know it's kind of tough the numbers to, don't make any sense it's kind of tough i i think to gauge tiktok as a whole because the algorithm does get so specific the more you use it like for me most of the stuff that i get on my page and like the people i follow are people that are getting maybe anywhere from like a few hundred to a few thousand maybe in like the tens of thousands of likes on a video at most and then you'll get like the super viral stuff too but there's like a wide range i mean i feel like it's i don't know i don't know i think i think it this just comes from you not being on there mm. like what are they doing are they just like inflating things yeah i think so and that's tiktok doing that yeah so this isn't like a bot situation no I think it's I think it's TikTok. Okay. It's it's the same reason Facebook did it. It's to get more users to buy into their their ecosystem. Cuz when Facebook did it, all of a sudden all the publishers, all the all the the digital media was like, "Okay, well now we have to pivot to video because well, we're getting all kind we're getting all this traction on Facebook video." Yeah. It's it's funny you bring this but it was up. It's all fake. It's funny, yeah. It's funny you bring this up because this week there was a statistic that came out, and I don't have the story, but so I can't like source it. But it said that uh, TikTok now has surpassed YouTube um, on like time spent watching videos. Right, which which doesn't make sense. How though? How does that not make sense? Because TikTok is built to be short form. Is it though? Because people that are on there spend like I spend if I'm going on TikTok, I'm not just watching one 10, 10 second video. I'm watching like 45 minutes or an hour at a time. OK, which is like probably as much as I would spend on YouTube. I don't know. It doesn't it doesn't it doesn't make sense to me. I mean, I'm, I'm just being I'm like being combative but i i wouldn't be surprised if you're right about that yeah like if they're just like inflating the very very top like influencers or whatever but then again like I, everybody's on this freaking app dude like it's you know i i wouldn't i i don't think it's as widespread as you think it is tiktok like, like in the sense that everyone's on it. No, I really, I, I, I do think that it's like the most popular social media platform right now. 
I don't think that it's as popular as Facebook was at its height. Yeah, I guess it's it's hard to argue one way or the other when we don't have like the actual numbers, right? Yeah. Um because you can't it's it's similar to Instagram where it's like it's only it only works in the app, you know, like the the TikTok web-based is like awful and sort of unusable unless you're using it in the app. It is bad. It's not as bad as Instagram. It is bad though. Yeah. So like there's that. Um so like just on its own it can't be as pervasive as Facebook was at its height. Yeah, but like everybody um, uses apps though. Of course, but like it's still there's still segmented. I I bet you people would use TikTok even more if they had it accessible everywhere. Like like here here will be the here will be the test. And I don't know if they'll well because this isn't public anyway. But when Windows eleven gets Android apps, the main thing that they were showcasing was look, you can use TikTok here. Yeah, I think you are now um you're losing me here because you're <laughs> Okay. <laughs> because you're talking about Windows Android apps as like the metric for TikTok's popularity. Like, no, come on. no, no, no. But, but, but here's my point is that like, there are plenty of people that are not using TikTok and, but yet like, so like, think about how I quote unquote use TikTok, which means I get it filtered through other apps sure, or other pathways. And then it's like, if I try to use it, like if I see a, a TikTok on my Twitter feed or whatever, and I go to click on it to see it on, on TikTok, TikTok's, TikTok's page, then like I, I'm going to have like this shitty user experience mm-hmm. over there, like on that page. So it's like, oh, well, screw this. And I close it. Maybe you're just underestimating how often people are on their phones. I don't think I am. I just went on the Play Store and TikTok has a billion plus downloads. I don't doubt that. Yeah. I'm not saying that it's unpopular. Right. You're just saying it's not as popular as it should be given the numbers that you're seeing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, because, because... Like Facebook, it is it is a worldwide thing, and I'm I keep mentioning Facebook because Facebook was, and I don't know if it still is, the most popular social media platform by way of user base and installs. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's waned, uh, and I, I guarantee you, in uh, usability time, Facebook is probably way down, but. And we're we're talking different demographics at this point, too. Of course. But, like, at at Facebook's height, like, it it was worldwide where everybody had Facebook. Like, actually everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, TikTok obviously skews younger. um, And I don't see that changing either. Um, 
and uh, until until of course this user group ages and if tiktok sticks around right oh no no i um, i do i do see that changing already i i think the people that were on tiktok in their teens are now in their 20s early 20s yeah i suppose um, you know yeah um but i just i just don't see the like same level of popularity it doesn't seem as pervasive to me like like that's like that that the fact that it has more watch hours than youtube like makes makes no sense to me whatsoever because you no don't sense. use it and you don't know like the um just like how easy it is to spend a ridiculous amount of time in like one sitting on the app the, the same thing can be said for youtube and the fact is is that everybody uses youtube Right. Whether whether they are on for hours at a time or whether they are looking something up quickly to like or a tutorial or whatever. Like my dad has turned into a YouTube fiend. Yeah. Okay. But yet he's watching drastically different stuff than I ever would. He's he's watching dudes just uh up to their elbows in radios. Yeah, but there's a TikTok community for literally um, everything. Yeah, okay. But like it's not this like YouTube has skewed. They they changed. YouTube used to be about sh like shorter form stuff and now that has changed to their algorithm where it rewards uh longer content. Right. Well, I don't know if you saw but TikTok is testing out a 5-minute video. Um <laughs> Oh boy. Yeah, um, currently the longest you can do is 3. But there are as far as like what I see there are not very many of those. Um, yeah, because like even even the clips that I will get, like if it's longer than a minute, I am not I'm not sticking around for that fucking TikTok. You got to be shitting me if I'm going to do that. Um, well, I mean, if you're if you're engaged by it, right? N no, if I, I I'll look at the runtime. It doesn't matter what. Oh, you is. will. You'll look at the. I guess that it's it's different for me because when I'm in the app, uh, it doesn't show you the actual time. It just shows you the bar that goes across. Mm. So maybe that's like some like sort of subconscious. That's that's thing that's, that that's got to be part of the trick. It's yeah. it's part of the trick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. In fact, on some of them, I'm not sure exactly what it the time like what the times are that it won't show you the bar even. I guess some of the shorter ones, it, it won't show you the bar at all. Mm. So you don't know mm. when it's ending. Mm. Yeah. That's, that's gotta be part of it. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. They are, yeah. they've, they've, you know, they've found a way to manipulate, uh, users to stay on for as long as possible. Yeah. But like YouTube is built like they you can't really monetize anything unless it's at least 10 minutes. And then the, the algorithm has skewed to um, heavily support longer content than that. That's why you see lots of video essays and um, things like that now. So like half hour, 45 minutes, uh, people go fucking ridiculous. People go way too long. Um, is is TikTok like, mo uh, monetization even a thing? I think for the very top it is. Yeah. Okay. Because like it's interesting because like I follow a couple of different um, like creators on there that 
uh, like document. They live in in vans and they try like they just like they live on the road basically like nomad land almost. Right. And so like their TikTok mm-hmm. is like them documenting like their daily life and stuff. Yeah. But at the same time, they have like, you know, half a million followers. Right. But they're also working seasonal jobs. Yeah. So I, believe, I just don't, don't I, really know how much, how, how, how much it's feasible to make money on TikTok. I've never really looked into that. I believe at the very top they have monetization. I don't, I don't know if it's um, ad based or if they have. Uh, like sponsorships like and stuff. Well, well, definitely the top they have sponsorships. I know that much. Yeah, yeah. Because they're influencers, they they get they get deals for that kind of shit, right? Constantly. Um, but that that but that like the very top is like the 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 stupid teens that do the little dances or whatever, you know? Yeah. Um, so I don't know what it would be like for like you know, I don't know maybe mid range like the way YouTube works where like you 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 know, get the ad revenue right. Um, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, did I? I don't know if you know this, but like, and we're just I'm like talking about the most obvious stuff. If you've used TikTok, so sorry about that. But like, I don't know if you've actually experienced this, where you, you're scrolling through videos on there, right? And there are ads placed in between every now and then, like every like five videos or whatever. But sure, the ads yeah, are 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 made and and framed to be like actual TikToks themselves. Of course, yeah. So it's actually for a split second, it can trick you until you look down and you see the sponsored logo on the bottom yeah you might think for a second you're watching an actual tiktok but you're watching an ad uh-huh yeah, yeah. it's the same thing yeah you have to tailor your ads for whatever the platform is mm-hmm. otherwise it's just super easy to ignore it yeah um yeah it's the same shit like if you've used um the dating apps they, they'll put it in Almost as if it's a, a profile. Like oh, it really? Exactly like a profile, but like it's the same, same shape. Ooh, I feel like that's so even whatever. weirder. It, it's not that it like looks like a profile where like it doesn't like say like oh yeah this is this is Bud Light aged. 15, <laughs> yeah, you know? like yeah, it, doesn't, yeah. it doesn't like say that, but it's like the way just the way that it's shaped. So like it'll just pop up while you're swiping. Yeah. So for a second um, you're not sure, so you don't immediately like scroll past it, right? Right. And usually like the way it works on OkCupid is that you can't s- just swipe that away because it'd be too easy. Mm-hmm. It's almost like uh, um, like a regular like video ad or whatever, where you have to like go find the X to get that shit off. You know, I think people would riot um, on TikTok if you couldn't just immediately bypass the ads. Yeah, well, just wait until there's like pre-rolls on longer videos like YouTube. Ooh, well, that's when I just immediately bail. Or, you, you know, you pay for TikTok Red or whatever the fuck, you know. Yeah, that's... no. It'll, it'll, it'll come because with that kind of install base... Yeah. They'll, they'll, you can they'll see like the, the same trajectory that YouTube had, right? Pretty much. Yeah. Um, and then and then you also see like stuff like YouTube, like, well, everybody has like the stupid stories, you know, right from Instagram. Um, but now YouTube has the shorts, which are just usually just stolen TikToks. And they're um, also like paying um, high profile YouTubers to like use that. Feature. Yeah. 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 Um, I think right now you can't even use it though until you've got a certain number of subscribers, which is 
because I guess it's in beta or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you just see accounts that are just like, oh yeah, these are just ripped TikToks or really old vines. <laughs> like yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, um, my my instinct is to hate the idea of a five minute TikTok, but when I think about like how many educational or like you know like trivia tiktoks or like i don't know like science-based tiktok like there's all sorts of like informational stuff on there that could benefit from like longer form videos there's the whole there's the whole genre that i i've seen of the annoying teen theater kid who is explaining something basic to you as if they're an expert on it and it makes my skin crawl and i hate it so much (laughs) um and they do the stupid thing where they'll point around to all the text that disappears way too quickly for you to actually like read it and i fucking hate it i I hate it so much yeah no i mean there are good ones though too like there are ones that i actually learned stuff on yeah like did you know that eels um they like we don't know how eels reproduce at all at all and and they the only yeah the only thing that we know is that when eels become old they travel down to the bermuda triangle and all then of them? Well, when they reach like a certain age all they, of them uh, fr- from okay i don't know if it's all of them but like i guess if <laughs> apparently that it's been it's been observed that old eels go to the bermuda triangle and then in their place young eels return and like science doesn't know what the fuck is going on there okay and they don't they don't have any reproductive organs that we know of i might need to fact check that okay yeah feel free um that's actually a good idea actually um (laughs) that seems like some i'm sorry but the idea of all eels, as if it's like some Logan's Run, whenever they reach a certain age, they have to travel. Like, well, let's let's Google. You- let's let me just Google while we're here. Um, how how do eels reproduce? Autofill. Here we go. Because there have to be eels so that are pretty this is, goddamn. This is just from TED.com. This is the very first thing I saw. Despite knowledge of their round trip migration, which I'm assuming they're talking about the Bermuda Triangle there, scientists still haven't observed mating in the wild or found a single eel egg. Um, leading theories suggest that eels reproduce in a flurry of external fertilization, uh, in which clouds of sperm uh, fertilize free floating eggs. So it's ha- like happening out in the air, I guess. That's like their well, best like their best guess. Fish. Yeah. But uh But I the the Bermuda Triangle thing. Well that okay, so that one had I see I, I kind of run into the problem where um or the mistake of like seeing a TikTok that has like over a million likes <laughs> and then just like treating it as facts. <laughs> Yeah, Mm-mm. yeah. Which which is not not good. I wouldn't recommend. I, I would definitely like look into before you go on a, a podcast, right? Before, <laughs> before you decide to go on a podcast and start <laughs> throwing out information, yeah. I would definitely suggest fact checking. Um, like maybe maybe it's true, but it just seems like I know there are migratory species, right? Yeah. But the but the idea of eels traveling. <laughs> 
from wherever they well, are let me see all what the way comes to the Bermuda up. Triangle? Let me see what comes up when I when I do eels Bermuda Triangle. <laughs> oh, and okay, so one of the results here is eels Bermuda Triangle TikTok. <laughs> God in heaven. Am I going to have to go to my buddy Snopes? My good friend Snope. All right, so this didn't really um, give me that much here. So, all right, so, you know... There could be some misinformation out there about the eels. So um, apparently people believe eels don't have reproductive organs. Well, that, that might be true, right? Because they might not actually have the organs. It's just like they emit some sort of like fertilization. Older eels go out to salt water from the fresh water. Oh, that's the other thing, right? Like, so they're apparently the only um, or one of the only like uh, sea species that does that that can switch from one to the other yeah so that that's that's noteworthy when it, when it comes to the eels can i bring up this this um this duck story since we're talking about animals sure. this one that i had in the notes so I'll, I'll link it to. Well, did I link it in the in the show notes? I believe you did on the bottom there. Yeah. Yeah. So this is this is a story that came out just the other day. It's about the Australian um, musk duck, which uh, has been known to like mimic sounds that it hears, uh-huh. right? Like sort of like a parrot. But the difference the difference being that they we, we've never recorded one of these ducks imitating human speech before. Until, until this week, um, the first example, first documented uh, instance of this species mimicking human, human speech. And you know what it said? What did it say? It said, you bloody fool. That is the, where was this duck located? Australia. Okay. So we, there is audio. If you go down on that CNN article. I, okay. Yes. Yeah. Do you see it there? Okay. That was it? No, there's more. Okay, no, I'm sorry. So this is, I'm this sorry. Is, this is during this is during intercourse, by the way. No, I'm sorry. Well, you don't hear it. I hear it, but only after you tell me beforehand. Oh, you know what we should have done. Damn it, we should have yeah. played the video and then had you guess what it was saying. That yeah. would have been that would have been better. No, it's just bird noises to me. Like it's just kind of. No, I'm sorry. Well, I think they're I think they're attributing this. I don't know. Can we play one more time? Sure. Just wait for the for the next one here. See how he just like see how he, I'm saying he, but th- this duck which sounds like a male human voice, which is why I'm saying he. Um, it, it, it sort of like uh, 
lingers on the fool, right? Like it goes fool. That's the one that's that, that's the one that sounds least like it to me because that's are you are you oh. going who would be would be an animal noise. That's like a that's a that's a bird noise. Hmm. I'm sorry. I don't I don't think so. I think th- I think they're just kind of like, hey, did that kind of sound like? Oh yeah, what what might what might he have been saying? Like, I, no, that's bird noises. Um, I I, but like the birds that can mimic sound are yeah. freaky, and I it, it it feels it feels wrong, and it doesn't make sense to me. Um, there's some but, very famous parrots on TikTok that, you know. Yeah, but they're just like mockingbirds and stuff that'll just be like. If they're by a construction site, then all of a sudden they can just like mimic the construction noises like perfectly, and it's freaky as shit. It is so weird. Um. By the way, this um this this duck uh is male, and it's named Ripper. Okay. Um, and it uh is also able to imitate the sound of a door opening and closing. Okay. Which okay. is which is pretty cool. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the birds that like mimics like specific sounds that they hear are freaky. Yeah, pretty weird. Yeah. But I I on this I don't think that that was just bird noises to me. Like if if, if I hadn't read it and you hadn't told me that that's what it, they think that it's saying, I just would have thought that was a bird making noises. Um, hmm. You're gonna have to disagree there. I, I I thought that was pretty pretty uh distinct. Maybe, yeah. Um Well I'm gonna keep an eye on the Musk Duck uh scientific journal. Um Sure, yeah. And uh see if any any other breakthroughs happen. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> the last word could either be fool or food. Well, you bloody food doesn't make any sense. It's in the ear of the beholder, so to speak. I just think it's funny that this thing is mating, and, and while it's mating, it's saying, you bloody fool, you bloody fool. Yeah. Like, that's just good comedy. <laughs> We're over two hours again. We are. We are. I might cut the tarot. That was a bad one. <laughs> uh, like it's uh, been the, it's been in the back of my head the entire show it's been like a ghost like a specter back there Ugh. see that's what I get for trying to like force an opening you know I mean yeah I guess <laughs> <laughs> oh shit yeah we should wrap this up um alright so thank you very much for listening uh, you can follow me everywhere at dead and road Facebook.com slash TV, Twitch.tv slash TV, and do a YouTube search for TV, and get us to 100 subscribers if you would please. That would help us out tremendously. Unfortunately, we can't inflate our YouTube numbers. No, no, we can't. I would have to make way too many accounts. Um, and if you'd like to send us anything, uh, including some feedback about uh, Dating is Dead segment, you can send that to video at dead and road or you can or let, it let us know are you on tiktok <laughs> are you on tiktok do the numbers <laughs> the old, seem the old fake? people want to know yes do the numbers seem fake i think the numbers are fake um 
and uh, quick apologies for getting last week's episode out late because this week has been rough shit. Um, but yeah, and then next week we will be discussing. Uh, I already forgot the name. <laughs> what are you, what are you oh, um, malignant. Right, the new James Wan movie. Um, so yeah, if you want to check that out uh, for our discussion, please go ahead and do so. Um, that should be everything. Yeah. All right. We will see you in the next one. Thank see you, you next time. week.